Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright guys, welcome back for another episode. In today's episode, I'll be discussing the Tyreek Hill ex- uh, contract extension. Uh, that was reported with the Chiefs today. He got a three-year, $54 million deal, $35 million guaranteed. I'll read into what uh, guys like Andy Reid had to say about that extension. I'll give my take on it. Uh, that's probably going to be the shortest segment of the day because then we're going to be discussing Thursday Night Football, the first game of the NFL season, first real game, not including preseason, is in the books between the Bears and the Packers. It was a bit of a snoozer, but I'm going to uh, – analyze it anyway, discuss my thoughts on it, some of my takeaways, and then I'm going to uh, give out my NFL, uh, my quarterback predictions for every uh, major stat, so I'm going to give my predictions for the amount of passing yards, touchdowns, interceptions, and then rushing yards and rushing touchdowns for every quarterback. Obviously, the passing stats are the main ones, but I added rushing stats as well for each quarterback. I also want to throw this out there. I meant to say this last episode, but two episodes ago, I did my NFL predictions. I changed a few. I put the Redskins in third place in their division at 5-11 and 11 and put the Giants at 4-12 and 12 in last place. I swapped the two, and then I swapped the Bears and the Vikings. I know I wanted to live by that stat, but I told myself stats change, and I really like the Bears coming into the season, so I put them at 11-5, winning the division, and I put the Vikings at 10-6, just missing the playoffs. So I know the Vi- uh, Bears had t- a tough game offensively last game, but uh, I'll dive into all of that. At first, we are going to start with the Tyree Hill contract extension, so let's get to that. Okay, so as I said in the intro, uh, the Chiefs extending Tyree Hill to a three-year $54 million extension with $35 million guaranteed. Uh, It's a lot of money for Tyree Hill. Uh, This is what Andy Reid had to say. I hope he can still run that fast with all the money in his pocket, Coach Andy Reid said Friday. You know by all the things we do with him and all the places we put him in the offense that he's a special player. I think if you look through the league and talk to people around the league, I think you understand. He's important to the offense. The extension comes only months after Hill, 25, was being investigated by the Johnson County District's Attorney Office regarding injuries to his son. The prosecutors announced in April that Hill would not be charged. We're pleased that we are able to reach an agreement with Tyreek to keep him in the Chiefs' uniform for the foreseeable future, Journal Manager Brett Veach said. He understands our expectations of him as a member of this team and community. The, this extension is contingent upon the conditions Tyreek agreed to adhere this to upon his return to the team in July. Tyreek is an elite player in this league and has played a major role in our team's success, and we're pleased that he'll continue to make an impact for us. I mean, there's other things, but I feel like I got the main stuff out of the way there. I mean, I think as a player, Tyreek Hill was worth this money. I mean, three years, $54 million, that's about 18 mil a year. And it's clear he's just such a big part in the Chiefs offense. I saw... A stat. I, I can't remember the specific numbers, but compared to all the other receivers in Kansas City last year, I think he had 12 less receptions than everyone else combined, and he had about 200 or 300 more yards than everyone else combined. It just shows how much of a big-time playmaker he is and how you know uh, productive he is and how much he means to that so- explosive offense. I mean, he really, he really is just such, such excuse me, just such a 
key part. And I know Patrick Mahomes, it's really run through him and his spectacular ability at quarterback. And I know Travis Kelsey's probably the best tight end in the league. And I know they've been able to do things with the run game. And I know they got other guys, but Tyreek Hill is just so important. He really just stretches the field. He gives Patrick Mahomes that deep uh, ball target. I mean, this guy can run jet sweeps with his speed. He can just do a lot for them. And he's only 25 years old. I mean, he's turned 20, I want to say four and a half months ago. So, I mean, this guy, <laughs> he's young and he, this contract's going to take him right up into his prime year. So I don't mind that. And I mean, you look at his stats last year. I mean, he played all 16 games, 137 targets, which means 87 catches. It means he caught 64% of his passes. Uh, I'd like to see that number go up a little bit, maybe into the 70s. But then again, he's a deep ball threat. So, uh, But anyway, he still had a good year. I mean, 1,479 receiving yards, uh, 12 touchdowns. I mean, you look at what he could do in the rushing game, too. 22 rushes for 151 yards and a touchdown. So he gives you stuff out of there, too. You know, he can give you a touch or two a game if you really need it. So he could just give you... All of those things, and he just racks up the yards. He, you know, he scores touchdowns. Just that speed and overall talent-wise, as a receiver, I don't think Tyreek Hill is phenomenal. He's still good, but you know, most of his talent comes from the fact that he just has so many other weapons in an offense that help stretch the field for him, uh, and his incredible speed, obviously, and the fact that he has probably the best, most talented quarterback in the league in Patrick Mahomes really helps uh, Tyreek Hill, but I still think there is some talent there as well, but there's no doubt they need him, uh, but the big, the risk in this isn't injury. I mean, knock on wood, every player is, at, is obviously at risk of injury, but I look at it, first season he plays all 16 games, he only started one, but that was his rookie year, uh, he was drafted. No, uh, not he was drafted in the fifth round. So you know that first year played every game and actually had a very good year. Sixty-one catches, five hundred thirty-nine-ninety-three yards, six touchdowns, and he had two hundred sixty-seven rushing yards for three touchdowns. So he had a good year, but he only started one game. The next season plays fifteen games. The next season plays sixteen. Durability is not a problem. You know, knock on wood. Durability is not a problem for Tyree Kill. The problem is. His off-field issues. I mean, this guy easily could have been suspended for what happened over the offseason. We all know the story. He easily could have been suspended for that, right? So, you know, if, what if that happens again? Tyreek Hill, you know, isn't exactly doesn't exactly have a clean resume. So that's the risky thing. I mean, you're giving him $35 million guaranteed, which is a tad under 12 mil a year. It's $11.66 million guaranteed per year. So if he goes out there and gets suspended for half the season or he gets suspended for maybe a whole season, that's almost $12 million down the drain. And if he only plays half the season, is he worried? Are you willing to pay a guy 12 mil to play half the season, even of Tyreek Hill's caliber? I just, I don't know. Maybe a little under that. But like, if he did get suspended the whole year, like, it's a lot of money down the drain. But overall, I think it's worth the risk for the Chiefs because every player comes with their risks, whether it's injuries, off-field issues, consistency. Every player has their risk, and this is the risk with Tyreek Hill. And I just think the only way this is a bad signing if he if is if he really gets suspended for the whole season because even though I might not be willing to spend – 11 point um pretty much 12 million dollars on a guy even Tyreek Hill's caliber to play eight games for me I'd probably be willing to pay 
a little under that. So the only way this is really a bust is if he gets suspended for pretty much the whole season or the whole season. And I just don't really see that happening. And if it does, it'll happen once. I, I just don't know. I think every player comes with their risk. So it was a good signing by the Kansas City Chiefs. So that was my take on the Tyreek Hill situation. Again, calling on the Anchor Mobile app. Anything you want to talk about, Anchor Mobile app, download it. Call, uh, type in at, after, uh, no, uh, not at, just type in on the search bar in the app. After the Buzzer Sports Talk, send in a voice message. You can also go on Safari and type in After the Buzzer Sports Talk by Aiden Mayer. Send in a voice message that way if you cannot get the Anchor mobile app or you're just too lazy to. I don't even know. But, again, just anything you want to talk about is on the table. So now I'm going to get to uh, breaking down the first NFL game of the uh, 100th season of the NFL. Again, bit of a snoozer, but we're going to get to it anyway because it's football. So we are going – bad transition – now we will be getting to go. Oh God! Let forget it. Okay, so some people could call yesterday's game a snoozer between the Packers and the Bears. Uh, two original teams going at it. One of the biggest rivalries in the NFL. I thought it was a great way to kick off the 100th NFL season. Some people call it a snoozer. It wasn't the most entertaining game, but I was just so ready for some football, I'll take it, right? I'll take it. And it was a defensive battle, and I know a lot of people like more high-scoring games. I don't mind some good defensive games. I just like to see a little offense as well. I really didn't see really much. And I'll start with the Packers here, the winning team. Uh, My breakdown for them, I thought Aaron Rodgers was solid. 18 for 30, 203 yards and a touchdown. He had that one really good drive, but overall Aaron Rodgers wasn't phenomenal last night. Uh, I thought him and Matt LaFleur, there was, I think there were times where Matt LaFleur called a play and Aaron Rodgers changed in the huddle. I do think, because I think that Matt LaFleur seems like a guy who says, go by my uh, game plan, go by my play call, which is what you should do as the quarterback. You should listen to your coach, but Aaron Rodgers is not that type of guy. I think these two are going to butt heads. I like the Matt LaFleur signing. I'd like Matt LaFleur as the head coach. Like, if I were the Arizona Cardinals, I'll keep saying it, they should have signed him. But I just think I thought they could work out, but once training camp started, I heard some news like, no. And I still think I learned that they simply just don't fit together. But nonetheless, that was a big game for the Packers to win. It was a big game for both teams, especially for the Bears, because the Bears have one of the toughest schedules in the NFL. And they, you know, kind of needed this game because – as much as I hate to say it, you know, I don't think the Packers are going to be that great this year. I think they're going to be subpar 500 at 7-9, and nine, and maybe they'll be a little better. Listen, the Packers have the ceiling of a Super Bowl winner, but their floor is like 6-10. and 10. Like, I just don't see them being that great, and I still don't. But I do think their defense will be better than many people expected. They did spend a lot of money there. I thought their defense would be better, but not this good. Last year, the defense was more eh, average, a little under average. And I said, this season's going to be a little over average. I didn't expect it to be that good. But I just think we we saw learned a lot about Aaron Rodgers uh, in Matt LaFleur. I just don't think it's going to gel that great. And then the run game was just horrible. Aaron Jones had 13 carries for 39 yards. It's three yards to carry, no touchdowns. I mean, he struggled all night. He had two good runs in a row. One was on a cutback. I think this was... This was like around the 10-minute mark of the third quarter. I just can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was then. 
someone just bland drives that feel like the same thing on repeat. But then he had another good drive, and then he came out. He hurt his ribs. And then Aaron Rodgers had three carries for eight yards. Jamal Williams came in for five carries. Nothing. No yards. And then Marquez, Va- Vald- Marquez Valdez-Gantling, one carry for no yards. So they really struggled in the run game. They really, really did. I mean, that's in total. That is 16 carries, 21, 22. That's 22 carries, and you racked up a whopping 47 yards. That is, like, under two yards to carry in. When I just look at the running backs, is Marcus Valdez, Scantling came, came in for one, and then Aaron Rodgers, three QB scrambles. Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams combined for 18 rushes and 39 yards. The running backs were horrible. Aaron Jones was their better back last night, and he had 13 carries for 39 yards. So I think that's a solid amount of rushing attempts. That's a, that's a normal amount. They just couldn't get it past the Bears, but their passing attack wasn't exactly clicking either. I think, think their passing attack was definitely better last night than their rushing attack, but look at Marquez Valdez-Scantling, four catches, 52 yards. I think he had a, a good game. He had the one big catch, though. Devontae Adams, four catches for 36 yards. He really did not have a great game last night. He really didn't. He had you know, a catch early. He had that catch on second and two where he's just wide open off a bootleg. And he overall, you know, he had a few catches here and there, just dropped one in here and there. And Aaron Rodgers was targeting him, especially earlier in the game when he was just harassed. But he didn't have a great night last night. Uh, Jimmy Graham did, though. Three catches for 30 yards and a touchdown. Now, that doesn't exactly pop off the page, but considering all the other uh, statistics all these other guys had. That was actually a good night. And considering Jimmy Graham just seems to be on the decline. Listen, I don't think G- uh, Seahawks Jimmy Graham's back by, or anything by any means. I'm just saying he had a solid night last night. And he, he even drew that pass interference down the field. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was targeting him a lot. Then when Aaron Ro- they threw the flag, it was like a third and 17. And Aaron Rodgers was flushed out through across his body, tried to get it to Jimmy Graham. I mean, he just cleared this a connection between Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Graham. And on that touchdown, it looked like Aaron Rodgers was hesitant to throw it, but he kind of like lobbed it in there a little soft. Jimmy Graham just got it, got good position. I mean, a former basketball player, you could see, I think that basketball trade actually came in there. I'm not even going to lie. He kind of boxed his defender out and used his bigger body, just kind of size up and catch the football. And I think overall, Jimmy Graham had a good productive game yesterday. And then uh, backup tight end Robert Tonyan Jr. came in for a 28-yard catch up the seam. Trevor Davis had a one-yard 28 uh one reception for 28 yards. And then here's where Jamal Williams did something because he's horrible in the run game, but he did get two catches, 15 yards. I don't think that makes up for the poor, poor night he had in the backfield, but uh, I don't know. I guess it does something. Mercedes Lewis, uh, two receptions, 14 yards. And Aaron Jones had that one catch on, I think it was like the first drive, and it got nowhere. And then defensively, that's where they made their money. I mean, Blake Martinez had a sack, five tackles. Uh, Raven Green had five tackles. Kevin King had a sack and five tackles. He did miss that pick, though. That pick, uh, third uh, third down, which Drabisky makes a horrible cross uh, his chest throw, across his body throw to Cordero Patterson. Horrible throw. Kevin King dropped it. Um, just got lucky there. But overall, I mean, he was getting tackles in the open field. He had a sack. Um, 
he just missed that interception that would have topped off a very good night for him. Uh, you look at it, you know, some other guys, Darius Smith, three tackles and a sack. Uh, Adrian Amos had the former Bear, two tackles. He had the game-winning, uh, game-salvaging, uh, game-saving interception to haunt his old team. Uh, Preston Smith had two tackles and three sacks, uh, one-and-a-half sacks. I mean, Kenny Clark had a tackle and uh, uh, half a sack. So you look at their defense, I mean, they had an interception. They had three, four, five. Whoa, let me count that again. One, two, three. For yeah, five sacks and an interception. I mean, they were putting the pressure on Mitchell Trubisky last night, and there's no doubt about it. I just think when I look at the Packers, it wasn't exactly a flawless win. You know, I still think you need to get Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers on the same page, or else this team's just going to go nowhere. And I don't think your defense can bail you out that way because the Bears honestly were a question mark. You know, they were a questionable suspect offense coming into the year and they did not have a good game I'm not taking anything away from their defense they dominated at the line they had a solid game don't get me wrong my one big thing with them is you gotta guard uh, you gotta cover Allen Robinson much better but other than that I mean they stopped the run pretty well uh, when they ran when the Bears ran the ball but overall the Packers defense had a good night. I just think the Packers offense doesn't realize they're not bailing them out like that. Maybe one more time. I mean, you just got lucky. The Bears did not have a very good offensive, a night offensively, and the Packers had a pretty good defensive game. I don't think they, the Packers defense dominated. I think it was in part, they don't, I think in part they did very good, but I think also plays the fact that the Bears offense sucked, which switches gears over to the Bears. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky. 228 yards and an interception in the red zone. And he went 26 for 45. Why is Mitchell Trubisky throwing the ball 45 times and you ran it 15 times? See, that that I had a problem with. Not only how many times they ran the ball, but who ran the ball. Okay? This I'm going to get... I'm going to rant. And listen, I have not given up on the Bears just because of this loss. I do think this loss hurts a lot because they have such a tough schedule. And I think I'm not saying the Packers are an easy opponent. I'm just saying compared to some of your players on the teams on the schedule, they're on the easier side, right? I mean, I'll just take a look at the bear schedule right now. Um, okay. You lost today. Then you got the Broncos next week. Not too hard. You have to beat the Broncos. Then you have the Redskins. You have to beat the Broncos and the Redskins. Okay. You had to win two of these first three games. You got your loss. Now, now you have to beat the Broncos You've got to beat the Redskins. And those are both on the road, mind you. Then you've got the Vikings. Pretty tough opponent. But overall, I think they could struggle to your team a little bit. I think you've got them. Then you got the Raiders. So overall, this hasn't seemed like a hard schedule yet. But that's why these first weeks are so important. Because then they've got the Saints, the Chargers, the Eagles, the Lions, the Rams, the Giants, the Lions, the Cowboys, the Packers, the Chiefs, the Vikings. So the schedule gets hard. It's a it's a cakewalk at the beginning. But I look at it like I, by the time they play that Raiders game, that's going to be their fifth game. They got to be four and one, three and two at very worst. I mean, I three and two seems like a reasonable expectation after this loss, though. But they're really going to have to play well against some of these good teams. Uh, but this is this is the easier portion of the schedule. Their first five games is the easier portion. And then you get games like the Giants and the Lions. But for the most part, it gets hard after that Raiders uh, Week 5 game, I believe. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I'll just break it down. Like Mitchell Trubisky didn't have, not, didn't have a great game, okay? Mitchell Trubisky was not good. But I do think he's getting a bit too much hate. 
I saw some good things. I saw him, uh, why can't I think of the word? This is just a little thing. I don't read too much into it, obviously, but he, he basically went up under center. There were, I think, five players showing blitz, right? Five players showing blitz. Mitchell Trubisky fakes hut. He basically, you know, it was, uh, uh, hut on three, basically. And due to that, he was able, he said hut once. They kind of flinched back and they said hut again. And they dropped back into coverage. And Mr. Risky said, okay. And they said hut again and realized, okay, only three of these guys. He could realize before he said hut that there were only three guys rushing him. And then most of them were dropping into coverage. And they dropped a, a good pass into Allen Robinson for a first down. I like that. I like some of his throws. Like the connection with Allen Robinson was good. Allen Robinson saved him a bit. Like, don't get me wrong, David Montgomery made that great 27-yard catch. Allen Robinson made a great catch there. Overall, with Mitchell Trubisky, I saw a few. I, I saw a little better accuracy than I did last season. Don't get me wrong, the accuracy was not that good, but it was a little improved. I saw a little improvement last night from Mitchell Trubisky. Whether that hurts to say, or it does, it does, because they put up three points on the board and overall stat line's ugly, but I saw a bit better accuracy at times. And there were some throws that somewhat impressed me. And there were some things that somewhat impressed me. And I do think the Packers put a lot of pressure on Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, but overall, and I think they relied on him too much. 45 throws. I know, you know, you got to handle it. But, man, I think 45 throws was a bit too much. But I'm not trying to make excuses for Mitchell Trubisky. He played a pretty poor game. I mean, really, outside of the connection I saw with Allen Robinson, a few nice throws, there were a lot of mistakes. He should have thrown two interceptions. He got lucky uh, Kevin King dropped that ball there. He chokes in the red zone. Like, Mitchell Trubisky showed me a few nice things, but a ton of bad ones as well. Like, again, I, I before I rant on the rush game, I mean, I'm going to look at their receiving. I'm going to look at their passing game and their defense. Allen Robinson had a great game. Seven catches, 102 yards. Didn't get in the end zone, but no one did on the uh, Bears. He really, him and Mitch Trubisky seem to have a good connection. Uh, he had a good, good game for sure. And then Tariq Cohen had eight catches, 49 yards. It's clear Tariq Cohen is going to play that special teams slash receiver out of the backfield type role. But he didn't get a rushing attempt, and I'm going to rant on that in a minute. Uh, but David Montgomery had a catch for 27 yards again, that good catch. Taylor Gabriel, two for 24. Mike Davis, six for 17. Adam Shaheen, one for six. Cordero Patterson, one for three. And that's about it. I mean, overall, the really only thing they u- they utilized their backs pretty well in the backfield. That they had a total of, I mean, I this this kind of hurts to say. Overall. Mitchell Trubisky had 26 completions, 15 to, were two running backs. He had more receptions come from running backs than he did wide receivers. And Allen Robinson had seven of their 11 catches out of the receivers. No one else produced, really. No one else produced uh, out of in that receiving core outside of Allen Robinson, and that's a problem. I don't think you can even rely on Allen Robinson to give you uh, – over 100 yards and seven catches every game either. I think there are going to be some off nights. Who's going to step up then? I mean, that's my question. That's why this this offense is just so questionable. Um, but I, I'm just going to look at, like, some other things. Like, their defense was very, very good last night. Like, Kyle Fuller, I mean, he he played – he was pretty well in coverage. Almost had that pick at the end uh, that could have gave the Bears a chance. Six tackles. Khalil Mack had five tackles. Uh, he disrupted Aaron Rodgers just to get a sack. Uh, Ha-Ha Clinton-Dix on his old team at five tackles. 
I look at some other guys. Roquan Smith was great stopping the run. He had four tackles. I liked what I saw from him a lot. Leonard Floyd, four tackles for two sacks. Roy Robert Harrison, Robertson Harris, uh, three tackles for a sack. Akeem Hicks had a sack for two tackles. Aaron Lynch had uh, a sack, which counted for his one tackle. And overall, I just I thought they did well, just like the Bears did. I think defense did. I think they did well. I don't think they deserved to only let up three points. I thought again. I mean, that's the Bears defense I'm talking about. Never mind. Uh, let me see how many sacks do they have? Three. Four, five. They had five, just like the pack did. So, I mean, I kind of look at some of these things. Both defenses were good, but I think a lot of that had to do with also both offenses struggled as well. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking away credit for both of these defenses. I think both of these defenses played well, and I'm not taking that away from them. I just think some of these offense, both of these offenses just played really, really poorly. And I. I just I can't stress that enough. Don't overrate these performances. Don't get me wrong, especially with the Packers, because we all know the Bears are going to be a very good defense. But don't overrate the Packers' defensive performance last night because their defense is not going to play like that and bail them out. And the offense was really bad for the Bears. Okay, they they just couldn't they just couldn't figure things out. And now it's time for me to wrap this up by ranting on the rush game. Mike Davis. And let me just say, David Montgomery had six carries for 18 yards. Mike Davis had five carries for 19 yards. Mitchell Trubisky had three quarterback scrambles for 11 yards. That doesn't really count. Cordero Patterson had a carry for negative two yards. I'm pretty sure he had two carries, but according to this, he had one. Tariq Cohen didn't get one carry out of the backfield. And that bothers me. I know Tariq Cohen had four punt returns. I get it, you know. But that doesn't matter. I don't care if he had four punt returns and he had, what, eight catches. I don't even care. I don't care if he gets 20 catches and 20 punt returns. He should have at least got one touch. Not only is that what bothers me, because let's just say this. Tariq Cohen, last season, with the Bears. Pro bowler, right? Not exactly for his all for his rushing, but he started seven out of the 16 games, but he played in all 16 games. He had 99 total rushes for 444 yards, three touchdowns, 4.5 yards an attempt, and he had just a tad under 100 rushes. And then he had 71 receptions on 91 targets for 725 yards, five touchdowns. Again, Tariq Cohen is clearly a special teams guy, more of a receiving back, but he still does things out of the backfield. I mean, that... That's clear, right? He still does things out of you. You literally just saw like what this guy can do out of the backfield. I mean, last year you gave him six point two rushing attempts per game. That means this season you should probably be getting what seven touches a game, and he got none. I don't even care if Dave Montgomery's here. Should be getting six to seven touches a game. Mike Davis was that his name? Mike Davis, yeah. Mike Davis got five carries. Tariq Cohen didn't get one. And I don't care how you want to use... I know this guy's 26 years old. uh, And he really hasn't... He used to be on the Seahawks last season, I believe. And he was... um, Excuse me. He was really not much of a factor for the Seahawks last year. And you brought him in, and he's getting more touches than Tariq Cohen. It just bothers me that Cohen's getting no touches. I don't care if he's playing an important specialty in an important special teams role, and I don't care if he's that shifty out-of-the-backfield guy. He can still do things uh, rushing the ball as well. And Tariq Cohen, I get it. He's more of a receiving back than a running back. Uh, I get that. But he should still at least get a few touches a game. And that's not my only problem with this. You ran the ball 
12. You ran the ball a total of 15 times, but three of those were quarterback scrambles, which adds up to 12 times. One of those was to Cordero Patterson, which went for negative two yards. Overall, Mike, your two running backs had a total of 11 carries. You threw the ball 45 times. Matt Nagy, you were coach of the year last year. I thought Pete Carroll deserved more of a, a, a credit. And I know you had an easy schedule. You had a good year last year. You struggled today, okay? The Bears, the, your defense was all the offense was oof. Mr. Trubisky didn't exactly look ready. Uh, you threw the ball way too many times. You ran the ball not enough times. Tariq Cohen should have got some touches as well. You need to run the ball more. You need to throw the ball less, and you need to give Tariq Cohen more carries. I don't care if he's a shifty, out-of-the-backfield type of running back. He deserves touches, at least a few a night. I know you want David Montgomery to take most of those touches and Mike Davis to take a few and Tariq Cohen to play more of that receiving role. I don't care. I literally don't care because you need to run the ball more in the first place. Give more touches to Tariq Cohen that bothered me so much that he did not get one rush. That is bad. That is really bad. I, that was just a disgrace to me. I think Tariq Cohen definitely deserves some touches. So that is my takeaways uh, on last night's game. There was it's just not a lot to really talk about. I hate to say it. I really do. Like, don't get me wrong. More of these games will be in-depth, okay? If I do any takeaways, this game was just boring, right? I feel like it was the same thing on repeat. And I liked – I enjoyed the game just because it's football. You know, it's so hard to have a boring game. I do think the Super Bowl is boring just because of all the expectations versus reality and whatnot. But I think I'm just so desperate for football. We all were. And it wasn't the most boring game ever. But it was kind of somewhat of a snooze-a-thon looking back at it. But in time, I was fine with it. And it was actually somewhat of an exciting ending. And Mitchell Trubisky kind of blew it. But overall, pretty good game. Uh, for both defenses, the offenses need work, but hopefully uh, some of these more analysis will be a little more exciting. Again, this game was just a bit uh, a bit less on the exciting side, I guess you could say. So now I'm going to get to my uh, quarterback uh, statistic prediction. So basically I'll be predicting, yeah, you get the point. So let's get to that. Okay, so I'm not sure how long this is going to take, but again, I'll explain the rules to you. Basically, I'm going to go through every single Week one starter. So I'm just going to assume that every starter plays 16 games. So obviously some of these are going to be unrealistic. Like the odds that Ryan Fitzpatrick plays all 16 games are very low. But because I just don't – this was hard enough. Like I just don't have a lot of time in my hands to like just make predictions. Like, well, I'm just going to – well, maybe this guy plays this game, this many games. or And just to predict injuries too, too hard. So I'm just going to assume all of the week one starters end up playing every game. Do I think that'll happen? No, but that's how I'm going to base my predictions off of. Most of them will. Most of the guys that you care about will. So that's what matters. But a few of these guys might be a bit unrealistic just because they probably won't play 16 games. But first, we'll start with Tom Brady. Uh, my passing yard, I think he'll throw for 4,086 passing yards for 25 passing touchdowns and eight interceptions, along with 37 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. I think Tom Brady will start to decline this season. I really do. I wish I had everyone's uh, stats from last season. That would be uh, a lot to pull up. Actually, you know what? I think I'll do that. Okay, so now that I have these stats pulled up, last season Tom Brady's stats were – 4,355 passing uh, passing yards for 29 passing touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Again, I think he started to decline last season. I think he's starting to become, I hate to say it, especially as one of the biggest Tom Brady fans out there. I love Tom Brady, favorite athlete of all time, a Patriots fan. I'm from New England, deal with it. Um, 
I, I, I hate to say it, I think he started regressing last season. He's starting to become a system quarterback. Don't get me wrong, he's still one of the better quarterbacks in the league. He's still capable, obviously, of being on a contending Super Bowl team, and I still think he has a clutch gene, and I still think he's great. But with that being said, I do think he's going to continue to regress. He's going to throw for just over 4,000 yards. He's going to throw for four less touchdowns. And with those less touchdowns comes less interceptions. 11 interceptions is uh, pretty high for Tom Brady, and I do think that'll uh, be a little lower this season, around eight or nine. But that is my prediction for Tom Brady. Now moving on to Sam Darnold. I think Darnold has a breakout season this season. I have predicted that. Uh, last season, he only played 13 games. The team went 4-9 uh, when he played, and he had 2,800 passing yards for 17 passing touchdowns, 15 interceptions. I think he's going to be much better this season. I think last season, he just didn't have the help necessary. He's got another year out of his belt. M- much better help all over on that team. And I think, you know, he really heated up uh, during the end of the season. I think he'll pick up where he left off. I think he'll have a not like a fantastic year, but a breakout year, you could consider it. 4,235 passing yards for 26 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and 166 rushing yards for in one touchdown. I'm not going to go over all the rushing stats. It's just like a quick little stat in case you're – I'm mostly focused on the passing stats. But I do think as much as I'll throw for a solid amount of yards, a good amount of touchdowns, I think he'll still struggle with interceptions. I think that's something that he's got to get out of his arsenal, get out, get out of his system. 26 touchdowns definitely doesn't blow you away. I don't think any of these stats really blow you away, but it's still a solid year for a guy, considering the numbers he put up last season. Again, some of those were scoffed, though. And I really think Sam Darnold will have a good year this year, but the interceptions will, and the turnovers will still be a bit of a problem. Now moving on to Josh Allen. My prediction for him is 3,232 passing yards for 17 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, but he will rush for 912 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns. This is one to uh, this is one of the few guys that will go over their rushing stats if you're just a big, big rusher. This thing's just being really slow because I have so many tabs open with all the different stats. Um excuse me, last season again, only played 12 games, started 11, but he had 89 rushes for 631 yards, eight touchdowns. So I think if this season he plays all 16 games and develops a little bit, uh, he's going to be close to 1,010 in the rushing uh, portion. And some running backs don't accomplish that. And my quarterback's really hard. One of the more underrated scramblers in the league because everyone from that rookie class, you know, thinks about Lamar Jackson. Josh Allen's kind of in the same boat, but he's got a better arm, strength-wise at least. But last season, Josh Allen threw for 10 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, just over 2,000 yards, just a hair over. Uh, This season, if he plays all 16 games, uh, obviously he should throw more yards, and I think he's going to develop a little bit. But nonetheless, I don't think Josh Allen will have a very good year like you know, just throw a few more passing touchdowns than he does interceptions. I think he'll develop a little bit. I think he's got some slightly better weapons. I think overall... Everything around him is a little better, and I think he should develop a little bit. But I don't think he'll have a great year. Like, this is actually a little too high for me. Like, I just don't really believe in Josh Allen or really the weapons around him. Now I'm over to Ryan Fitzpatrick, the unrealistic one, because the odds of Ryan Fitzpatrick playing the whole season is not very good. I mean, we saw him do it with the Jets. Remember, he played all 16 games. They went 10-6, and six and they still missed the playoffs. It's very hair under, a hair under 4,000 yards, 31 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, and get turned the ball over a ton. They just came a hair short. and But ever since then, I mean, he's really just kind of a one-hit wonder. But if he plays the whole season, 
for the Dolphins, going 3,714 yards, 20 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Uh, the reason I'm doing this is because, one, I think if he's going to play the whole season, he's going to be doing at least something right. And I know the Dolphins, you know, it doesn't take a lot to be the best quarterback on the Dolphins, but the Dolphins should be eager to get Josh Rosen in there. I think they really should. I think the only reason they're playing Ryan Fitzpatrick is they, they think, you know, maybe he's a little bit more ready and maybe they want to let Josh Rosen just learn the system for another week or two. I don't know. And they just don't want to rush him in there against a tough defense week one and the Ravens. I'm not really too sure. I think they should. he should be at least playing by week four. Because uh, you gave up a lot for him, and you got to at least try him out before. You know, you don't want to not play him, figure out he's a good enough quarterback, and spend a top five pick on a quarterback. You know, it just doesn't make sense. But if he plays the whole season, I think he'll put up solid numbers ish. I'll turn the ball over a lot. 20 touchdowns is in ton, but he doesn't have very good weapons there. Uh, solid amount of yards. Uh, and then 415 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. Then I move over to Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, it's not really loading. Okay. 4,324 yards, 30 touchdowns, 15 interceptions is my prediction for Big Ben this season. Uh, last season, he led the league in passing yards. Yes, even over Patrick Mahomes of 5,129 passing yards. But I do think Ben Roethlisberger is starting to regress. I do think the loss of A.B., will hurt his yards. I don't think it's necessarily a huge loss for the team, to be honest with you. Uh, it is talent-wise, but it'll hurt his yards more than almost anything, and I do think he'll regress a little bit. They may run the ball a little more as well. 30 touchdowns is still a lot. Uh, he had 34 last season, so just a little under. And then 15 interceptions sounds like a lot, but he had 16 last season and then 14 the previous season. Big Ben is just someone who throws way too many picks. And he's been doing it almost his whole career. Like, in 2006, he threw 23 interceptions. This guy, I mean, the thing about Big Ben, he's got a Hall of Fame career. He's got Super Bowls. He can throw for a lot of yards. He can throw for a lot of touchdowns. The interceptions are a bit too much. And that's why I don't like quarterbacks that turn the ball over a lot. And it doesn't bother me, like, too, too much. But it bothers me, for sure. I don't know who it doesn't bother. But I think he'll still have a solid season, Pro Bowl-type season. I think he'll lead the Steelers to the uh, division winners. But uh, he'll re- you'll see a little bit of regression from Big Ben. But nonetheless, he'll have a solid year. And then he'll have 77 rushing yards, two touchdowns. And then over to Baker Mayfield. My prediction is 4,672 passing yards for 34 touchdowns. 13 interceptions. I think he'll put up uh, solid stats. I think he could butt heads a little bit with some guys just because he's a big ego, but nonetheless, he'll still put up great stats. Last season, he played 14 games, started 13 of them, and the team went 6-7. and seven. He's got a much better supporting cast. He's got another year under his belt. I mean, 27 touchdowns, 3,700 passing yards, and 14 interceptions. Not to mention now he's got a year under his belt. This is if he's playing 16 games. He's got much better weapons, much better defense. Overall, a much better staff. He should put up big numbers, uh, almost a, a fat, like 900 more yards. Uh, I think seven more touchdowns and one less interception, not to mention 141 rushing yards and a touchdown. I think Baker Mayfield will have a very good year this season. Uh, and then I'm going to swing things over to Lamar Jackson. Uh, my prediction for him is 2,768 passing yards, 14 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. That's passing. I, 8 interceptions? Uh, eh, well, yeah, eight. he only threw 3 last season. I kind of want to bump that up a bit, uh, to maybe 9, but... I kind of base it off, you know, this guy played 16 games last season, started seven of them, only threw three picks. So 
I kind of look at that and say, you know, eight may be a lot compared to when he did last season. So, it's you know, as much as he's not a good thrower, he didn't throw a lot of picks last year. But nonetheless, I don't think he'll be a good thrower. I mean, if you play 16 games as a quarterback and only throw – 2,700 yards and 14 touchdowns, you're doing something wrong. And yeah, he won't turn the ball over a ton, but he's not going to give you a ton of production in the passing game. And his rushing stats are going to be monstrous. 1,234 rushing yards for 12 touchdowns. It could even end up being higher than that. I don't know. Like he had last season, 147 rushing attempts for 695 yards and five touchdowns. And he basically played around half the season. So I think it, that'll just continue to uh, climb up. I'd like to see him run a little less and try to develop his arm, but I just don't know if that's going to happen. Then I've got to swing things over to Andy Dalton. Pretty make-or-break season for him. He's been in Cincinnati, obviously, for a while, but I think he's kind of proven to us he's mediocre, and I think this is his last chance to prove he can actually do something with this team under new head coach Zach Taylor. My prediction, 3,256 passing yards. 24 passing touchdowns, 13 interceptions, uh, and then 102 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. Last season, he only threw for 2,500 uh, passing yards along with uh, 11 interceptions, 21 touchdowns. But we also have to remember last season, he only played 11 games. So I think if he plays 16 games, the passing yard should go up, the passing touchdowns should go up, and so should the interceptions. Uh, that's where I'm getting that for. But I think he'll just have another mediocre year. I think it'll finally be time for the Bengals to start looking into a new, uh, a new quarterback. So now we are going to swing things over to Deshaun Watson. Okay, so most of you know Deshaun Watson is my MVP pick for this upcoming season. I want to pick Patrick Mahomes so bad I would not be shocked if he wins at all, but I wanted to mix things up a little. I didn't want to be bland like, oh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. So I tried to put up somewhat of a compelling case for Deshaun Watson. 5,086 passing yards, 41 passing touchdowns, 10 interceptions on 631 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns. That gives them... Well over 5,500 uh, 5, total yards and 45 touchdowns. Obviously not the numbers Patrick Mahomes put up last season, but they're actually somewhat close. Do I think Deshaun Watson will put up these numbers? Probably not. But since he's my MVP pick and I had Patrick Mahomes putting up pretty big stats, I decided to give him a pretty big stat line as well. Last season, Deshaun Watson, if it's going to... This is going way too slow. You don't know how long it took me to like switch. Mm, this is like painful how slow just going right now he played all 16 games for that over 4,000 passing yards 26 touchdowns nine interceptions one more interception I think he's going to put up a big year. He's got better protection this year. Uh, Kenny Stills will come in. He's got uh, Will Fuller as well. I think overall defense may be a bit worse, but the the weapons around him, the protection, I think he'll – another year development, I think he'll be good this season, uh, very good this season, Sean Watson will. Just not sure if we'll put up that, that type of stats. Uh, but then I move over to Nick Foles. If it loads, this computer is just being so slow right now. You don't even know. Um, I just want to like, forget what their stats were last season. Yeah, I just I'm just gonna go through. Uh, passing yards, three thousand six hundred eighty nine. I think he'll put up you know solid numbers like twenty touch passing touchdowns, ten interceptions, a two to one ratio, again fifty six rushing yards, one touchdown. Not gonna do much in the rushing game, but overall, I don't think Nick Foles will be as good as he was in Philadelphia. In Jacksonville, I just think 
when, when I looked at, look at it, I just think he had much better weapons in Philly. I just think he was a system guy there in Philly. And overall, I think he'll bring a little bit of that magic to Jacksonville. I think it'll be an upgrade over Blake Bortles. But a lot of it's going to rely on how well can Leonard Fournette do. Can Leonard Fournette set the tone in the run game and, uh, you know, let Nick Foles be a game manager. I feel like he'd be good there. But, you know, just like an average amount of passing yards, average, you know, just have an average season, uh, really, Nick Foles. Arguably under average, I think he got overpaid. But he'll bring something uh, – he'll at least bring more uh, to the table than Blake Bortles did, hopefully. Then Marcus Mariota, my prediction for him, 3,249 passing yards, 14 passing touchdowns, five interceptions on three uh, – and also 354 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns. Not very good stats for a guy going into a make-or-break season. Mariota has to prove to Tennessee he can be their guy, and I don't think he will. Maybe these stats are a little too harsh. Again. They probably are. I mean, he's going to play more games because if he's playing 16 games, he's playing more games than he is getting passing touchdowns. I don't know about that. But then he scrambles for three as well. So I just don't see Marcus Mariota having a very good season. 14 touchdowns is probably way too harsh, okay? Um, I think it'll probably be a little higher than that, hopefully at least. But I just haven't liked what I've seen from him over the years. I think the injuries will start to slowly catch up to him a bit. I just think he's a mediocre quarterback that'll have a bit of a tough season. I didn't like what I saw in the preseason either, so and that's never good uh, if you're a starter-level guy. And then I'm going to move over to Jacoby Brissett. My prediction, 3,578 passing yards, 23 passing touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 263 rushing yards, 3 rushing touchdowns. I think Brissett will actually have a solid year. I don't think it'll be anything special. I think the Colts are going to go 4-12 and or 5-11. and and, you know, just win a few games here and there. Brissett plays every game. I think he could at least do something solid-ish. The uh, the Colts clearly believe in him somewhat. They signed him to a two-year, $30 million extension. Uh, props uh, Jacoby Brissett and his agent. You know, get that type of money. Jeez. For a guy, you know, still has a lot to prove, Jacoby Brissett does. But the Colts clearly believe in him to extent he's been marinating under Andrew Luck for a while now in that cold system. He's learned from Tom Brady and Bill Belichick as well. So there's talent there. There's, you know, uh, there's going to be IQ there. He's learned from the best and he knows the system. And I think overall, he's a guy that could put up solid stats. Uh, I don't think it'll translate into wins necessarily, but I think he'll put up solid stats and actually give somewhat of a compelling case to be the Colts uh, franchise quarterback. But I do think they're going to have to go into next season, not this season, next season, saying, all right, we need to see a little bit more improvement to call you our franchise guy. Then I flip things over to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I predict passing yards 4,987, just shy of 5,000. You know why I did that? Because Deshaun Watson, I got him as my MVP pick, so I had to give him just a little more passing yards. Passing touchdowns, 42. That'll be one more than Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Deshaun Watson, 13 interceptions, which is three more than Watson. And then rushing yards, 289 yards and one touchdown. That means Deshaun Watson rushed for three more touchdowns and many more yards. So Deshaun Watson overall would have the bigger case. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes won one more game, and Silla would have a great year, but that's why I put his stats like that, and that's why I put Deshaun Watson just a little better to give him the case for MVP. It's really hard to just pick against Mahomes, just what he did last season. But I do think Mahomes will regress a little bit, but still have a monster year. Like, just shy of 5,000 yards, 42 touchdowns. Like, he'll still have a monster year, same amount of interceptions at 13, but 
it's necessary regression. You just don't throw 5,050 two years in a row. It's so hard to throw 50 touchdowns, period, without the yards. Then Phillip Rivers, I'm going 4,122 passing yards, 28 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 6 rushing yards, and no touchdowns. I think Phillip Rivers is going to regress this season. I do, at least a little bit. Not going to put up the numbers he did last season. I think the defense could get hit with the injury bug. I think some of the offense could as well. And I think overall, uh, he's just at that age, will start to regress. He had an MVP sort of type season. He's one of the top candidates, and I just don't think he'll be there this year. He'll slide in as a 4,000-yard throw. Thrower, uh, just short, shy of um, uh, 30, 30 touchdowns. And then I, sorry, I just forgot. But I think overall, I'll have a solid season, but I do think we'll see a little aggression from Phillip Rivers. Then I uh, move things over to Joe Flacco 2,980 passing yards, 18 touch, passing touchdowns, 12 interceptions on 32 rushing yards, no touchdowns. You guys know I hate Joe Flacco. You guys know I'm not going to give him over. 3,200 yards at max. You know, guys know I'm not going to give him anything over 20 touchdowns. I do not like Joe Flacco, and I don't like the situation he's being put into. I love the defense there in Denver, but I don't think they have great weapons. I need to see it again from Philip Lindsay to make sure I, you know, it's not some one-year wonder. I'm not a big fan of their offensive line. I'm not a big fan of their weapons either. Emmanuel Sanders is still somewhat solid, but he's not a great number one receiver to have. Uh, Cortland Sutton could have a breakout year, but we said the same thing last season. And other than that, they really don't have any real wide receivers. And their tight end, Noah Fant, he's a rookie. So, you know, I don't know how great of a season he'll have either. So, and then, yeah, Joe Flacco, I just don't think he's got it anymore. Uh, and I think just shy of 3,000 yards. Maybe that's a little harsh. I'd say 3,100 if I didn't hate him so much, but I just don't like him. So I'm going to put it at that. <laughs> and then I'm going to move things over to Derek Carr. 4,156 passing yards, 21 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and 50 rushing yards for no touchdowns. I you know you guys are probably sitting there saying that's harsh. I mean, that's a lot of passing yards for a guy that you said – was more conservative and that, you know, these receivers wouldn't really change him. Yeah, he's conservative, but I saw the stats he put up last season. He threw for over 4,000 yards last season, believe it or not. I didn't believe that. I, you know, I think of him as a check down quarterback at this point. He's thrown for over 4,000 yards. But nonetheless, he won't have a great year. Yeah, he'll throw for a solid amount of yards, but 21 touchdowns to 11 interceptions is nothing to brag about. And overall, they'll get five wins. So it's, it's not going to be a great year for Derek Carr. But maybe you see improvements in areas. I don't know. Just nothing spectacular, nothing awful. Carson Wentz, I predict 4,127 passing yards, 29 passing touchdowns, 9 interceptions, and they'll run for 188 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Carson Wentz, I mean, I, I want to I wanna buy in. I'm not sure I can fully commit, though. Uh, I, you know, I see the talents there. I see the weapons are there around him, too, and he'll put up the stats. But he needs to really click with that offense, chemistry-wise, and convert those into wins. And I think they will. Uh, with an 11-5 record, I think they'll win the division. And, uh, I think you know, 4,100 passing yards seems to be a popular number, but I think it's a solid amount. I want to bump that up just a little bit, but I do think they'll run the ball at a solid amount. Also, uh, I don't know how much. I think it'll be a little more than last year, though, and... 29 touchdowns is a solid amount, only nine interceptions. So I feel like that's a good ratio to have. 29 to nine is a very solid ratio. You know, 29 touchdowns, it's not the highest, but it's it's, it's up there. And nine interceptions for a guy who, Carson Wentz, who, you know, takes a lot of shots downfield, that's a good amount. Only nine interceptions, 
it's pretty good. Then I move things over to Dak Prescott. I'm predicting 3,962 passing yards, 24 passing touchdowns, 8 interceptions, along with 311 rushing yards and 7 rushing touchdowns. Over the past three years of his career, he's rushed for 6 rushing touchdowns every year, so I wanted to put it at 5. But then I just said, you know what, I'll just do 7. To give him like 31 overall touchdowns instead of just short. I think he'll go for at least 30 total touchdowns this season. Season. Okay, just season. Uh, but I love the hookup with Amari Cooper. I think you really got him a true number one wide receiver, and it's true, clearly paid off, and I think that's a big contributor. I think that's a key factor to him having a good season. I think Amari Cooper is just key there. Then I move things over to Case Keenum, another guy that I don't see playing the whole season. But if he does, I think he'll go for 3,674 passing yards, 19 passing touchdowns, 15 interceptions, along with 100 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Overall, Case Keenum... Uh, I think his year last year in Denver showed he had a fluke year in uh, Minnesota, and I said it. I didn't say it on the podcast. So I didn't have the podcast, but I said it. I told everyone that was just a fluke year that he had, and I was correct. Overall, he didn't put up horrible stats. I think he threw for over 4,000 yards last season. He did play all 16 games, but I think in Washington, the situation may be even worse. I don't think he's really going to get any much better, so he's going to throw for an average amount of passing yards, a pretty uh, Slightly under average amount of passing touchdowns. Oh, yeah, a little under average passing touchdowns and a pretty big amount of interceptions. Not a very good year for Case Keenum if he plays every game. Then I switch gears over to Eli Manning. 3,827 passing yards, 19 passing touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 18 rushing yards for no touchdowns. I think overall, Eli Manning threw for over 4,000. Not, not, I think I know he threw for like 4,100 passing yards last season. But I think Eli Manning's getting older. He's going to regress a little bit. And there's no OBJ anymore. The weapons are so much worse there. That's a generous 3,800 passing yards right there. Uh, if he plays all 16 games, I think he'll be doing a little better than people expect. I think he's a little uh, overhated in a way at this point. I feel like people just think of him as a bench-type quarterback. And, yeah, he's a bottom-of-the-line starter, but he's still th- he's still okay. He's still okay, really. And I think he'll throw for a solid amount of yards. I think they're going to run the ball a lot. The weapons aren't as good, so that means less passing yards. But that's a pretty generous 3,800 considering he'll probably regress. They'll probably run the ball even more, and he lost a ton of receivers. Now uh, I'll move things on over to Mitchell Trubisky. Okay, so my prediction for Mitchell Trubisky is 3,552 passing yards, 25 passing touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 408 rushing yards, 3 rushing touchdowns. I'm not sure about the rushing stats. Those are a bit questionable. I'm not really sure. I think he will improve his running, but defenses will crack down more on his running and try to hold him more to throwing. 3,500 passing yards is pretty average. It's right around the average mark. 25 passing touchdowns. Right around average, 13 interceptions, slightly over average, uh, not in a good way. Uh, overall, I just think Mitchell Trubisky will have an average year. I know he didn't show us great things last night, but I think his performance was a bit overhated. I think he'll step up his game. I don't expect no touchdowns and one interception for a little over 200 passing yards every single game. So I think he will improve a little bit, at least as the season goes on. But overall, I'll have an average season. Then moving over to Kirk Cousins, uh, 4,243 passing yards, 29 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, including 133 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. I know that's a lot for a guy that I said can't lead a team to a Super Bowl, and he's too soft. And yes, he is. He's not clutch. He puts up good stats, but he can't win against these good teams and all that. 
But overall, I think he's a guy that puts up good stats. He's going to throw for a solid amount of yards. He's going to throw a solid amount of passing touchdowns, especially with all those weapons he has there. He's not going to throw a ton of picks, and he's got a little bit of scrambling ability. He'll put up the stats. He just won't convert that into, I wouldn't say wins, but playoff wins. We'll say that. Then, going over to Aaron Rodgers, my prediction passing yards, 4,392, passing touchdowns, 27, interceptions, 4, anywhere between 4 to 6. I don't think he's throwing just 2 again. I think this that's just so hard to do, just 2. He almost threw a few uh, last night, too, against the Bears. Not all of them were like, oh, we should have caught that, but they were somewhat close. So I do think he'll crack for a few interceptions and then 212 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. I think overall, throw a solid amount of yards and throw a solid amount of touchdowns. Uh, he threw one last night, so that's one on the tally board. But uh, overall, I think he's just not, it's just not going to convert into wins. I just think him and Matt Leo, he'll put up the stats, but I just think him and Matt Lafleur are going to butt heads, and overall their offense isn't going to be great because of it. I think they'll be okay, and the talent will be there, and they'll put up some stats, but I just don't think it'll convert into wins. That's my only problem. I just think they're going to butt heads, and receivers are going to be running the wrong routes. It's just going to be a mess. But he'll put up some of the stats. He just has the talent. Excuse me. Then Matt Stafford, I've got going for 3,908 passing yards, 22 passing touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and then 60 rushing touch, uh, yards in no rushing touchdowns. 160 rushing touchdowns for anyone that we ridiculous. I'm running a quarterback like Matt Stafford. Uh, I think Matt Stafford will actually be a bit better than he was last season. I think he'll bounce back a little bit. I think Matt Stafford started to regress last season, especially under Matt Patricia. It was just a bad system, but I think this season the system will be at least a little bit better, and I think Matt Stafford will at least bounce back a little bit. Don't get me wrong, I think he is starting to go through that regression process, and I think this is probably his ceiling, and I'm not saying I'm a Matt Stafford believer. I just think the system will be actually a little bit better this season, and that'll lead to better stats for Matt Stafford. Then I move things over to Drew Brees. I'm going to go for 3,987 passing yards this season, just shy of 4,000. I feel like Drew Brees always throws for 4,000, not this year. Uh, 28 passing touchdowns, 7 interceptions. That's a 4-1 to ratio. Very good. Uh, and then 19 rushing yards for 2 rushing touchdowns. I think he'll do some things on the goal line this year. Which total 30 touchdowns, 7 interceptions if you add the 2 rushing touchdowns. Overall, Drew Brees does not have a phenomenal year, but he definitely has a solid one. I think Drew Brees will regress this season. Him and Tom Brady, and they both won't be top 5 quarterbacks by the end of the year. Both considered top 5 quarterbacks by the end of the year. I hate to say it. I respect Drew Brees. I love Tom Brady, obviously, but I think Drew Brees really. We saw him regress last season. I think we did. At the end of the year, they tried salvaging his arm as much as they could, and he still struggled at the end of the year. I think he's starting to get to that point where the arm's starting to, uh, I guess you could say, fall apart, and I don't think he'll have an MVP caliber season again. He'll still be a solid quarterback. He'll still have a solid year. The Saints will still do just fine because they have so many weapons around him, but I do think he'll struggle a bit. And move over to Matt Ryan. I'm going for 4,678 passing yards, 32 passing touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 131 rushing yards, 1 rushing touchdown. Fly, Eagles, fly. I am a believer in the Falcons this year, and I love Matt Ryan. I think he's so underrated. I think he's just such a good value just player. I think he just throws always throws for a solid amount of yards, solid amount of touchdowns, keeps the ball pretty clean. Like His stat line is just so steady. I just like, I don't know, what, what something about it. And I think he'll just throw. I think last season he threw right around 4,600. Uh, but I do think he'll throw one more interception, three less touchdowns than he did last season. Overall, I'll have a pretty similar year, though. 
Then moving over to Cam Newton, not a believer in Cam Newton this year in that passing attack. 3,454 passing yards, 22 passing touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Rushed for 534 pass, rushing yards, 5 rushing touchdowns. I think he has some solid scrambling ability. Obviously, you've seen it from Cam Newton, but I just don't believe. I think his shoulder, if he plays all 16 games, will start to bother him. I think North Turner just can't come up with the system. For that offense, a good passing attack, and I just think overall Cam Newton's starting to lose it. I'm not a believer in them or the Panthers. I really am not, and I don't see him having a great season, really, If he play, even if he plays all 16 games. And then Jameis Winston. I think he'll go for 4,122 passing yards, 26 passing touchdowns, 13 interceptions, along with 255 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. He puts up a solid case to stay in Tampa Bay. I think overall this guy's just worked really hard. I think with or without Bruce Arians, he would improve a little bit this season, especially with the weapons he has around him. Defense is the problem there. But with Bruce Arians, I think he's just going to be so much better. He's seen with Bruce Arians done with multiple quarterbacks, such as Carson Palmer, and I just think he's going to do the same thing with Jameis Winston and turn him into a solid quarterback, especially statistically. Don't get me wrong, the interceptions will still be a problem. 13 I mean, at minimum, 12 to 13 interceptions for Jameis Winston this season. Like, if he plays all 16 games, the turnovers are a problem, and I think they'll stay somewhat of a problem. But 26 touchdowns, 4,100 yards, ain't a bad case to make to Tampa Bay at the end of the year for that new contract. I think Jameis Winston will have a solid year this season. Then moving over to Jared Goff, I think he'll go for 4,233 passing yards, 30 passing touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 98 rushing yards, 2 rushing touchdowns, Jared Goff won't play as well as the stats say. Again, I think he's a system quarterback, but also I think he'll kind of struggle this year at times. And I don't think he'll be as good as he was last season. I think his stats will be a little down. That's a pretty good stat line, but still, I just think he'll be a little worse. Overall, the Rams will regress this season. I still think they'll make the playoffs, but I think him, them and Jared Goff will regress a little bit this season just because, you know, they're just after the season they just had and then the loss they just had, I think I, think I see that coming. Then Russell Wilson, who I think will only throw for 3,507 passing yards. Uh, one, I was shocked. He only threw for like 3,000, right around 3,500 last season. Their passing attack is just weak. He just does not have any weapons there. 32 passing touchdowns. So, you know, this guy doesn't throw for a ton of passing yards, but he'll throw for the passing touchdowns and seven interceptions. I think, ironically, that's the same amount of passing uh, touchdowns and interceptions. Never mind. Uh, Matt, I have Matt Ryan throwing one more interception. So, overall... Russell Wilson throwing the same amount of passing touchdowns as Matt Ryan and just one less interception. Matt Ryan's throwing for 4,000 uh, more yards. So, And then rushing yards, 3,602, and then two rushing touchdowns. Uh, I th- you know, I can see anywhere between two to four rushing touchdowns for Russell Wilson. I still think he has some solid scrambling ability. I think he'll need to use his legs with that offensive line they have there. And then Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm going to go 3,397 passing yards, 19 passing touchdowns, eight interceptions. 119 rushing yards, one rushing touchdown. I want to bump those yards up just a little bit. Uh, I'd say I should bump that up maybe at least 3,450, but somewhere around there for Jimmy G. I'm not the biggest believer in Jimmy G. I'm not the biggest hater either, so I decided to stick him in the middle, just like I did with my quarterback rankings. Not really sure where to rank him. I'll stick him in the middle. I'll do the same here. Average year for Jimmy G. He could have anywhere from a horrible year to a good year. I doubt he'll end up in the middle, but that's just where I'll put him because I don't know where to put him.
Then with Kyler Murray, I got 3,678 passing yards, 23 passing touchdowns, 11 interceptions, along with 288 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns. Listen, I, if I have this guy winning MVP, uh, not MVP, rookie of the year, I think he's going to have to put up the stats. He's going to put up an average amount of passing yards. I think he's going to put up an average amount of passing touchdowns and an average amount of interceptions overall of an average year. I think the offense is going to click well. He's going to be in a good system. I'm not saying Kyler Murray is going to work out in the NFL. I am not saying I'm a big Kyler Murray believer just because I'm winning Rookie of the Year. I just think an offensive player always wins Rookie of the Year, and there aren't a lot of options, and I think Kyler Murray will get the touches needed to uh, win Rookie of the Year. It's all about stats, and I think just because he wins Rookie of the Year doesn't mean he'll have a success successful career but I think he's in the right system he's got solid weapons I'm not a huge fan of their receiving core but it's not horrible either I think their defense is underrated they need to work on the offensive line and then he has David Johnson as well and overall just a great scheme for him I hate Cliff Kingsbury but the scheme is there and I can't lie so those are my predictions for every NFL quarterback pretty long episode today but again they're getting a little lengthier because I can't, I can't do everyday 30-minute episodes anymore, so instead i got to make up to you with longer episodes. But thank you guys for listening and calling on the Anchor Mobile app. Download the Anchor Mobile app. Type in at, uh, not at, just I did that already today earlier. After the buzzer sports talk, you can send in a voice message. That way, if you can't get the app on the App Store or Google Play or wherever, go on Safari or whatever you have, whatever search in Google. I don't even care. It's just one of them. And then type in After the Buzzer Sports Talk by Aiden Mayer on Anchor. You should send in a voice message that way. Also, go follow my Instagram at After the Buzzer Sports Talk, all lowercase, no spaces. Again, that's at After the Buzzer Sports Talk, all lowercase, no spaces. Because such I have such an inconsistent posting schedule. You can get podcast alerts uh, on there. I post them on my story and uh, for posts. And I post some cool sports content to keep you guys entertained as well so thank you guys for listening and i hope to see you guys next time